Hi, I'm Jane Hilsden, marketing consultant and founder of Dragonfly Marketing. Welcome to this episode of the How To Do Marketing Show, a no-nonsense podcast about marketing for small business. It's our mission at Dragonfly Marketing to put marketing on the agenda for every regionally based small business in Australia. Why? Because we know that when marketing is done properly, it can help your business grow. We believe small businesses are the backbone of our nation. When your business grows, it benefits not only you and your family, it benefits your whole community. Small businesses create a vibrant and connected economy. We employ local people, we donate to local charities, and we work together to build resilient and thriving regional communities. The How To Do Marketing Show is a podcast just for you and your small business. Bursting with marketing insight and information, this show will be a fabulous resource to help you know all there is to know about the topic of marketing for small business. Now, before I kick off this episode, I wanted to ask you something. Are you a small business owner or an emerging marketer who is working for a small business? And do you want to learn how to use marketing more efficiently and effectively in 2021? Well, if you have answered yes to those two questions, I want to tell you about a program that has been designed just for you and will help you do just that. The How To Do Marketing Academy is a six-month program where you work directly with me to learn the marketing framework that we use to drive results for our small business clients. This framework has been developed by me over years of working within marketing and years of working with small business to drive results. This is a framework that we have used for the award-winning campaigns that we've developed. It's the framework that we use for all of our clients. And it's the framework that we use within our own business to drive our business success. The How To Do Marketing Academy will teach you the formula that will stop you wondering if your marketing is actually working. It will show you how to stop with the ad hoc, sporadic, random marketing activity and how you can instead make sound decisions around where to invest your time and money. The How To Do Marketing Academy will provide you with clarity about what it is you want to achieve with your marketing and who the right type of customer for your business is. It will help you to learn what to say with your marketing, how often you should be marketing, and it will provide you with the technical skills that are relevant for small business marketing. I'll also teach you how to measure all of this regularly to ensure that everything is going to plan. We are not going to include any of the bullshit that you don't need, just the stuff that we know works for small business. So if this sounds like the clarity and confidence that you'd like to have with your marketing this year, head to dragonflymarketing.com.au forward slash the dash academy forward slash and apply for our March intake. Applications close on March 5th, 2021. And now to introduce this episode's topic, how to avoid content burnout. And this is inspired by a true story, which is my own. In April last year, just after COVID lockdowns had been imposed, our marketing agency came to a bit of a standstill with some of our clients' work. We sat in limbo for a little while as we were 
all trying to work out how to move forward as businesses and, and as brands. And we temporarily lost a couple of big clients due to them being shut down or, or severely affected by the social distancing laws. And there certainly wasn't any businesses that were going to be investing in their marketing anytime soon, not until things became a little clearer with how the world was going to, to navigate the pandemic. So the idea of sitting around twiddling my thumbs during COVID and dwelling in the enforced limbo was definitely not going to be the path that I took. So I began to brainstorm ways that we could help businesses to navigate through the crisis with, with helpful content just while we waited for things to stabilise and, and resume a bit. I knew how important it was to stay visible during a pandemic and content marketing is a great way to do this. For those of you who are a bit unsure of exactly what content marketing is, it's essentially creating content like blogs or videos or images, podcasts, etc., that that helps to promote your business. You then share this content out via your social media channels um, or, you know, a, a podcast channel or um, your website, whatever you choose to, to share, share that out on. And if this content is helpful to your target audience, it's a great way to stay front of mind, position you as an expert in in your field and to ultimately drive leads to your business. So I'd been toying with the idea of starting a podcast for a while, way before kind of April and COVID hit. And so it was almost a bit like, bingo, you know, now I have the time to do this. So in April, I launched the How to Do Marketing show and we've now been delivering two episodes a week ever since. Now, what I love about this podcast is that I get to deep dive into some of the best and brightest market, best and brightest, I should say, marketers by inter interviewing them for the show. It's an excuse to extend my network and form relationships with other marketers or, or even just to reconnect with marketing connections that I've formed over the years. So I love it when I hear from people who love the show and I've got one listener, um, shout out to you, Sky, who tells me that she actually gets really miffed if I miss an episode, if, which I think I've only really done once. But she noticed um, because as she says, she relies on it dropping into her podcast app every week and she looks forward to it. And I, I mean, I love that. I love hearing that. And I love it when people come and enthusiastically gush about how helpful they found an episode. And of course, I love it when I ask a lead, you know, how they found me or came across me and they tell me that they've been listening to the podcast. What I find challenging about the podcast is the amount of time it takes to create and publish each episode. Look, I knew it would take time but I think I completely underestimated just how much. So I even have someone who actually produces the podcast, Stace Morgan, and I get Ellie who works for Dragonfly to, to help schedule the episodes out via my social channels. But even with that help, it still takes so much of my time and energy, particularly with the two episode per week schedule. So when I'm a bit quieter with client work, I get the opportunity to get super organized and I batch my content so that I get, you know, four to six weeks of episodes recorded and organized for production. When I'm really busy, 
I am literally chasing my tail. And sometimes we are uploading an episode for Tuesday morning on Monday night. (laughs) This is not ideal. It's way too stressful. And I'm just so lucky that my wonderful producer, Stace, allows me the flexibility to do this. But I hate working like that. But it's the reality, right? When When you're the business owner and you're wearing so many hats, Sometimes you are really organized and sometimes it's a bloody shit fight. (laughs) And it's only because I know how important it is to show up every week to keep the commitment that you have made with your content and to persist even when the going gets tough, because in the long term this pays off, that I kept my schedule. However, at the end of last year, I was exhausted As I sent off the last episode for season one for production, I realised that I had literally just survived the last couple of months of content production. And, you know, I think I'd lost my passion for it a bit. And to be honest, I was seriously contemplating stopping the show. I, I really did slump a little bit. And to add to my dejection, over the past couple of months, over that last couple of months, you know, I'd seen that instead of the episodes episode downloads, which is a metric that I measure, um, progressing in an upwards trajectory, had kind of stagnated. So my business was going completely nuts with new business, new staff, new clients, new opportunities. And I was kind of flogging myself to get these episodes up and, and they didn't seem to be going anywhere. Now, if you know me at all, you'll know how goal and result driven I am. I never do anything for the sake of doing it. Everything I do, particularly with my marketing, has a very specific objective behind it. And I actually think I have a bit of OCD when it comes to measuring my progress. I'm obsessed with seeing if things are working by looking at the numbers. Look, at the end of the day, data doesn't lie. So when I saw that the numbers, the episode download numbers had stagnated, that the ratings and reviews had kind of stagnated, and when I felt the exhaustion that was honestly making me burst into the into tears at the drop of a hat, I was just so disappointed and became really unmotivated and I kind of started to resent the podcast. I remember there was one point when Stace texted me to say that my podcast notes weren't complete for an episode and uh, and I knew I had done them and and those notes had actually taken me quite a bit of time to prepare and I remember thinking oh you know I've done a really good job of these and you know done that really (laughs) done that introduction really well etc etc but when I actually went back to check I found that I'd actually saved over the notes that I had written for one episode with another so she'd essentially got two you know copies of the, the same document Oh, and, uh, you know, obviously I, I realised at that point I'd have to start from scratch again on the notes and I, I'd already spent so much time writing it. But I remember, like, I think I'd done it, like, on a Friday. I'd worked, well, you know, well into Friday night to get it done and I'd, you know, had that feeling of relief and, oh, you know, phew, it's done, it's over and realised that I had to, you know, go back and do it all again. Honestly, I lost my shit. <laughs> it was, a, you know, it was at that point that I was just like, oh, I just want this to end. I'm so sick of this pressure. You know, why am I doing it? Who's even bloody listening? You know, what's the point, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I also knew 
because I'm 45 and, and had, had a few of these, these, these meltdowns in my time before. I knew that I was never going to, to just give up. You know, I've always had a really good gut feel about this, this podcast. And I guess one of the blesses and the curses of my personality is that I am so bloody stubborn. So something that running has taught me is that I can do hard things. And even when things are really fucking uncomfortable, I can keep going. It's actually the whole reason I run. I, I certainly don't do it for enjoyment. I, I do it because I know it's good for my mental strength. I actually, I remember the last half marathon I ran and it was one of those races where it just wasn't my day. I was running mid-morning, hadn't properly planned my nutrition because I actually don't know how to plan my nutrition. It was hot and I was also experiencing burnout at the time, but I, I actually didn't know that then, of course. So Anyway, at about the, the three kilometre mark, oh, and it wasn't content burnout at that point. It was burnout, burnout. This was, this was four or five years ago. Anyway, at about the, the three kilometre mark, I just felt so awful. I was so uncomfortable. I was so hot. I felt tired already. And I, like, I just felt really heavy and gross. I didn't feel fit, even though I, I knew I was. Um, and my mental health was at an all-time low. And at this three-kilometre mark, all I wanted to do was stop running. And I'm not sure how many of you have run long distance, but when you have 18 kilometres of running ahead of you, when you feel like this, it's a bloody killer. But my commitment was to finish the race no matter what. It was actually part of a half Ironman and... Um, my partner who was doing the race with me, not my, like my race partner, had done an awesome time in the swim and the bike. So, you know, my commitment was to finish this race no matter what. I couldn't let him down. Also, my personal commitment to myself in running is to never, ever stop because I know most of the times I run, I feel like stopping because I hate it. But, you know, so, so I've had to make a mental commitment to never stop. So no matter what happens, no matter how bad I feel, all I just keep saying to myself is just keep running. And so in this case, I did and I finished and I didn't do my best time, but I certainly didn't do my worst, surprisingly, but I finished. And I think this is really, really good training for being a small business owner because whether it's your marketing that you have to persist with or like a difficult employee situation, a financial situation, Whatever it is, the ability to lean into that discomfort and make it through to the other side is a skill that you just need to master. So, you know, running has been really good training for that. But um, as a side note, so has yin yoga. And it's not as uncomfortable. So when I got to the end of, of season one of the podcast, you know, it was like getting to the end of that half marathon and I had a chance to, to stop and think without the distraction of, you know, just get it done, just get on with it and just get it done. But when I had a bit of time to think, I realised that I didn't need to stop podcasting. I just needed to have a break and to, to be a bit curious. I needed to ask myself, why are the episode downloads stagnating? What can I be doing better? 
I needed to review the results from a bigger picture. So to reflect on all of the great feedback I'm getting and the business leads that have dropped in off the back of the podcast. I looked at the traffic that the podcast has driven to my website and the engagement that we have achieved on social media when we post about an episode. And actually it was this that gave me the most hope because just, you know, sharing the, the content, the podcast out on social media, there's, there's such great feedback that comes in via those channels. And, and that's not, I mean, that is reflected in, in downloads, but, you know, people actually commenting on it and loving and saying how it helped or I'm looking forward to this episode, you know, that's the stuff that makes it really special. So I'm like, okay, I don't need to stop. I just need a break. So I took a six-week break from the podcast and now, my dear listener, I am back. Um, I have made a few changes and hopefully in a few months I can report back on these optimizations and, and how they have improved the performance. But for now, I want to run through some of the reasons that I see small business owners get content burnout because it's not just me and this is not the first time that I have experienced content burnout or, you know, as I mentioned before, burnout full stop. Um, so I had this content burnout with, with podcasts, but you might experience with, you know, your email marketing or your social media posting, you know, anything that, that requires that constant feeding can cause this, this feeling of resentment. So here are some of the reasons that I see business owners and marketers suffer from a bit of content burnout and my suggestions about how to avoid, manage or rectify the situation. So number one, why, well, what, this, is, this is really common. Uh, comment. The number one reason that, that people will, will stop producing content is that they get busy. In their business and and this is something as I said that I see happen so often and to be honest this isn't necessarily just content burnout this can sometimes times be like a time management or a productivity issue you don't have to be suffering from burnout to be distracted from keeping your marketing going I see small businesses stop their marketing for months and months at a time because quite frankly some of the time the marketing that they had been doing was starting to work and then they just got really busy and because there were no systems or commitments in place in order to keep the marketing going it just stops I find that this will generally happen when you don't truly understand how your marketing plugs into your business. And it will also happen when you are not engaged in a regular measurement process to see how all of the marketing that you are doing was most likely the reason you got busy in the first place. And so guess what happens when it stops? So to avoid this from happening, I recommend the following. Okay, so I recommend writing marketing into your operational KPIs. When you are setting your business goals and priorities, make sure the marketing goals are treated just as seriously as your other goals. When you are forecasting your month or quarter, assign the marketing activity that will help you to achieve your financial goals. Another thing that you can do is to make someone in your business accountable for this to happen, even when it gets busy. Add this responsibility to their KPIs, include it in their performance reviews, you know, take it seriously. Um, setting up systems and processes so that marketing is easy and, and efficiently executed, that's a great way to avoid it just dropping off when you get busy. 
batch your content in advance so you are prepared for the busy seasons. Document your marketing processes so that if your marketing person gets really under the pump, someone else can come and help easily and will have the resources and the instructions and those sorts of things that they can access to be able to, to help out. Another thing that you can do is plan out your content in advance. There is nothing harder to do than sit there and be all creative and all brainstormy when you are under the pump. Use your calm times to brainstorm your content for the year ahead and then schedule in as much content as you can. This will help you to just, you know, get the minimum done when, when you are busy. So you can do things like book all your advertising in and add the deadlines into your calendar and then schedule reminders in your calendar to remind yourself that they're coming up, but with enough time to pull the necessary content together. Get your photography done in advance. For one of our clients, we actually get a photographer every three months to get us the pictures that we can then use for the next three months of our social content. So this saves us having to chase photos and images week on week. You can batch your videos. So if you're on a monthly schedule with, with your videos, record six at a time and then just drip feed them out and you can even pre-schedule them to drip feed out monthly over, over six months. The other thing that you can do and maybe a serious consideration for, for your business is to outsource your marketing to an expert. You know, dust your hands of it all together so that you can just Focus on what you do best. And I think it's really important to not think of this as an expense. You know, I don't want you to go back to your, to your P&L um, and your forecasting and go, okay, you know, how are we going to fit in this cost? Because at the end of the day, if you get a good marketing person doing marketing for you, they'll be generating you the business. Then all you need to do is just service it. Okay, reason number two for content burnout. We get bored of our, you know, listening to ourselves of, of our, or of our content or seeing our brand. We, we get bored. <laughs> and this is one I, I suffer from, but I, I've seen other people suffer here as well. So when you're writing or talking or videoing about a topic regularly, sometimes you can just get really sick of talking about it. Like you feel like a broken record. And then all of a sudden you think, oh my God, if I'm, you know, if I'm sick of it, then everyone else must be sick about, you know, of hearing from me, you know, am I posting too much? You know, have I written too much? Have I, are people sick of seeing my head pop up on LinkedIn all the time? But if your content is being delivered to the right people, they don't get sick of you. Remember with social media algorithms, not everyone in your community will see every bit of your content. So you might think that just because you publish posts five times a week that they see your posts five times a week. They don't. They're not on social media five times a week a lot of the time. And as I said, the algorithm kind of works against you, you know, unless you're throwing a goodly amount of money at it. It's, you know, the people in your community are not going to be seeing every bit of your content. Um, but one thing that I have done, because sometimes you do need to shake it up a bit to, to um, make sure that you're not too bored of, of what you're saying. Um, and one thing that I've done to inject some interesting content into my schedule is to interview other people. So this brings a really fresh injection of, of thinking and perspective into my content mix. 
But you can also think about different ways to present your content. So if you're bored of, of writing, why not try producing some videos? And if you're bored of what you have to say, like for of your own perspective, then research some other experts or case studies in your industries and, and share their perspective, share your perspective about their perspective, if that makes sense. And just remember, we get sick of our brand and our marketing well before our customers do. Okay, reason number three that people stop producing content is that they think they've run out of things to say. So when you are six months into emailing your database every week, when you have been posting daily to LinkedIn for, you know, one year or like me, you know, podcasting twice a week for eight months straight, there are some points when you think, gosh, surely I've covered everything well, I'm telling you, you haven't. And again, if you like me and have well in excess of your 10,000 hours of experience under your belt and you're working in your content topic every day, in my case, marketing, then, you know, you actually never run out of things to say. Because remember, your obvious is not my obvious. And even if you have spoken about a particular topic before, it doesn't mean that you can't talk about it again. You might understand it, but if you've just presented that topic once to someone, it might actually take them hearing that about that topic 10 times before they actually understand it. You're an expert in it, but I'm not. So it, it will take you, you know, a couple of times to, to explain this. And, and also think of all the people that missed that email the first time it went out or, you know, they only started subscribing to your YouTube channel last week and they haven't gone through all of your previous content. So they're ripe for this topic. It's just a matter of thinking about a, a different angle to the story or maybe a different way to present your point. So if you wrote a blog article on the topic last time, maybe you can publish an interview with someone uh, this time or perhaps present the content via a, a video. Reason number four that people can suffer from content burnout is that they are not seeing the results. Now, to be honest, I think this is one of the biggest reasons that people stop marketing. But honestly, the majority of times, it's because they're not measuring the results properly. Now, this is a sweeping statement, but I've seen a lot of people assume their content isn't working because they do one or two posts on LinkedIn ever they just start posting on LinkedIn and they don't immediately generate 10 sales off the back of that. And then they're like, oh, this isn't working. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm clearly not meant to be doing it. Patience is a virtue, my friend. It takes time to move your target audience from awareness to conversion to raving fan. It doesn't happen overnight. If it did, I wouldn't need to publish this podcast. So to avoid this reason happening to you, here's some things that you can do. Manage your expectations and set realistic goals. I had a realistic goal for this podcast, which was to get a certain number of downloads on this podcast by the end of the year. And, and I exceeded that. But to be honest, I didn't celebrate because in my head, like on paper, I'd written down my realistic goal of, of app downloads. But in my head, my goal had secretly been much bigger. So when I was in a frump about the podcast, the app downloads number wasn't comforting. So, 
and you know the oh being completely honest here so i have guy raz as my pillar of success so if if i don't know if, if um any of you guys listen to how i built this by guy raz it's it's an amazing um, podcast about um, entrepreneurs and in my head until I was getting what Guy Raz was getting for his podcast, when then I was not a successful podcaster. But in my break from podcasting, I was able to actually see that this was stupid. One, one, my business is not a podcast channel. My business is a marketing agency. The reason I podcast is to not build an, a media empire. It's to help promote my marketing agency. I may as well have been comparing these episode download results to, you know, Richard Branson's business success. Like they're just not aligned. When I regrouped and remembered my why behind this podcast, I started looking at all of the other metrics, the metrics that actually count the social media engagement, website traffic, leads and sales. These were the metrics that matter to me and they were the metrics that were painting a picture of success. I was, use, I was using, I started the podcast originally to help people with um, their marketing and to promote my business. So my measurement should be, am I helping people by, with this podcast and am I promoting my business? And yes, yes, tick, tick, I was. So it's important to know your why and what you're actually trying to achieve with your content and, and stay on that road and measure that. Reason number five for content burnout is comparing yourself to others and feeling insignificant. I am the worst at this. I'm constantly comparing myself to other people's results. Now, the reason I find myself comparing my results to other people's is because I, I do like a benchmark and to know what I should be achieving with my metrics. And let's face it, it's not easy to get your hands on kind of industry benchmarks or, or you know, in particular, some of these more detailed uh, marketing metrics. But I really do try hard to work this out and, and sometimes it's to my detriment because it can make me feel like a failure. So again, to avoid this happening, it's literally a matter of running your own race. You know, it goes back to knowing what is important to achieve your business objectives and decide whether your content is effective off the back of that not what someone else manages to achieve, you know. So I see that happening with, with social media because all of the metrics are so, you know, visible. You can see your competitors, you can see other people that might not be your competitive but that you might kind of align yourself with as, as you think you should be getting a similar amount of kind of engagement and those sorts of things. And that's really easy to see across the social media channels. So, um, you know, you might be comparing yourself to how many people are in your community or how many people are engaging with, with your post versus someone else's. Um, but again, you know, it's not necessarily about that a lot of the time. It's, it's about whether it's achieving your goals. When you're looking at your social media engagement, you should just be looking at that in light of your own business objectives it's handy to know what other people are, go are getting because maybe they you know maybe that is a little bit of a benchmark for you to go okay you know 
particularly if it's if it's someone that that maybe is not the competitor but does something similar to what you do you can see what's possible but at the end of the day when you're managing what's working you are measuring that in light of your own business objectives and that's what will help you know not feeling so bad if you're seeing you know somebody else achieve these amazing results um, because you don't know what their business objectives are and um, you've got specific business objectives and and you might just need to be patient if you've just started marketing they might have been marketing for years and years if you've just started you'll get there but again just run your own race so as you can see, it's completely normal for content marketing to be hard and, you know, for marketing in general to get difficult. Hey, in small business, it's not the only bloody thing that's hard, right? Most of it's hard, but we keep doing it because we wouldn't have it any other way. So if you're finding it hard to stick with your marketing or to stick with something else within your business that might be a bit challenging right now, maybe just take a break step out of the everyday busyness and, and take a helicopter view of the scenario. Is this activity worth it? Can you do it more efficiently or effectively? How are you measuring the results of this activity? Is there someone else in the business that can help you with it? Or can you outsource this to an expert who will do it on their ear and free you up to be in your superpower? By taking a break and reviewing the activity with a fresh set of eyes, you will be in a much better position to understand how you can escape the rut that you are in and, and bring on like a completely new level of motivation or, you know, making an informed decision to, to stop wasting your time on something that's not helping you move forward in your business. So for me, I have reset the gauge. I have worked out how I am going to tweak a few things to see if I can generate a different and more successful result. And now I have a completely renewed energy to bring you more of these podcasts, which is good. <laughs> um, now, listen, I would love to hear from you. You know, if, if this content marketing burnout is an experience that, that you really resonate with, um, and that you might have experienced yourself, perhaps you've navigated it really successfully, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to start sharing some of your stories in, in our episodes, in our upcoming episodes. So um, please email me at jane at dragonflymarketing.com.au. Love to hear from you. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the How To Do Marketing Show. Hey, if you are really enjoying these episodes and feel like they are helping you become a better marketer, head into your podcast app and hit subscribe. That way you will not miss an episode and the marketing goodness will just keep flowing in. And if you know another small business owner who you think might also find this episode helpful, please grab a screenshot of the episode and send it over to them. And remember, if you are looking to create high impact marketing on a small budget this year and you would love to work directly with me to learn exactly how I achieve this head over to dragonflymarketing.com.au forward slash the dash academy forward slash and apply to be part of our how to do marketing academy we would love to hear from you and until next time happy marketing 
You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 